Welcome to SCGA, Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. I'm Alan Knight, joined by my main man, the E.D. Biff Lathrop. Yes, I am. Good to be here, Alan. Good yep. to have you here with us. We're in the SCGA Hall of Fame room today doing this particular piece of this broadcast. That's good. I loved it. It's a good room. Coming home. Coming home. It's a good spot. It's good to have you back in the house. Hey, before we get to SCGA stuff, you just literally got in off the road from Mm -hmm. the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association annual show at Myrtle Beach. That's correct. How'd that go? It was great, man. Their banner year was in 2019, uh, and they exceeded that. Obviously, they didn't have one last year, but they filled 1,400 education seats over two days, 300-plus in their golf tournaments. Wow. I was watching on social media. I mean, that is a production. I mean, it's yeah. from the educational part to the booths that are there to everybody that comes in in one spot. I mean, as their social media manager yeah. for, for that organization, I couldn't have been happier for the buzz that other people were sure. providing. In fact, they some people were saying it was not just the Carolina show, it was the East Coast show. I, it was incredible. I saw one comment that cracked me up. He says, I'm not even at the show and I feel like I'm missing something. I don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah. right now. So it was, y'all did a great job with Thank that. Thank you. Congratulations. That's what we hoped for. But you also just got back. Yeah, I was. Uh, we were Kirk and I went out to Dallas. We had the IAGA, the International Association of Golf Administrator Conference, out there. And it's basically a bunch of golf associations to come together, um, do some educational stuff. And, but more importantly, it's the networking. I think probably the yeah. same thing at your show at Myrtle yeah. Beach with your superintendents. But I mean, you know, you get together. We haven't done one in the last year. We did a virtual one last year, but it's just not the same. You get together, especially in the evenings, with the socials and. You're sharing ideas, and you're stealing ideas, and we're very, we're very, very precise about that. You know, yep. we're not, we're not, we're not telling anybody we're not. So, uh, but you give some away too. You don't just take. Absolutely, give and take. absolutely. And we're fortunate here in South Carolina. You know, a lot of people look towards us, especially for our junior program. Yeah. Um, looking to see how we do it, how we got to where we are, our foundation. So it, it's it was a good, it was a great trip. It was good to get out. It's good to be face to face again, man. It yeah. Was, that was really neat. My first time on a plane in quite a while, too. It was interesting. So Yeah. You had to wear a mask the entire time. Man, I didn't like flying process before, but yeah. COVID really makes the flying process a little more difficult. But yeah. You get yeah. through it. Do what you got to do. So Yes, you do. But, well, congratulations to y'all. We, we had a great trip. And, yeah. you know, as we're out doing our stuff, Alan, things don't stop around here. It just no, keeps no. on going. Um, while we were actually gone uh, that Halloween weekend, we had the fall challenge uh, the boys' event out at Sherall State Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we split that up. We do the girls the next weekend at Stony Point, which we'll mention in a minute here. But we had 91 boys. Uh, Mr. Pake June. Yeah, I was proud of the Pake. 68, 72, that. 140. Got him a three-shot win over. And you probably don't know this guy, Hugh Faulkner. I know Hugh Faulkner. Oh, you do know yeah. Hugh Faulkner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Faulkner shot 143. That, I got to say, that's an inside joke. Probably, I don't know, five, six, seven at years. At least, yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they had a great event. The golf course was spectacular. Um, good to be able to get all those boys out there and do that. So, I think the split worked well. We could get more boys out there for that event and then have more girls. And, and so, we're not rushing for time. And yeah. uh, so, as I mentioned, the next weekend we came back, the November the 6th and 7th. And uh, that was the fall challenge for the girls we did at Stony Point up in Greenwood. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Uh, Tommy Penley came out was a big part of that, helped us as he usually does up there. He's a great, great he, asset to us. He is a big, big component or proponent of golf in that area. Yeah, you know? yeah. And we, in fact, we're getting ready to announce, but he's going to get our Tom Fazio Service to Golf Award for everything he's done in the well years. Well deserved. Yep, yep, very well deserved. So, anyhow, uh, had 53 girls playing. Uh, Kennedy Gooding, 76-71 yes. out of Lexington, 147. Yep. Took her a five-shot victory over Olivia, Ireland. So, uh, played really well. They had a good weekend. 
I understand it was a little cool on Saturday. They had some yeah. wind blowing, and uh, Justin said it was first first really cold one of the this particular season. I've decided I'm not going to play cold golf this year. Yeah, there's there's a temperature value in there yeah. that I can appreciate, <laughs> <laughs> especially Correct. as little golf as I play. Yeah. Um, we turned right around that next day. I don't know that Monday, November the eighth. We went to Camden Country Club, had a forty plus series, had a team event, the four ball event for this one. Uh, we had forty four teams. Yeah. Um, we're going to start to start incorporating more of these team events. Everybody loves a partner. Yes, so I, I agree. I think it's fun. I, you know, we've always done our finale as a team event, but we're going we're going to do some, a few more of these team events. And uh, man, two of my really good friends and, and and one of their sons is playing in our junior stuff. I've gotten to know a little bit, but you know, Tim Schwab. Yeah. And his partner Chris Wilkins, who has a son that plays in our stuff. Tim and Chris went out there and shot a four under par sixty six to win the tournament division of the forty plus event. I'm going to say. That's been ten years since the Tim Swab victory. Good for him. He was excited. In fact, I was in. That was the and weekend the I was in Dallas, and, and okay. I, I sent him a text, and he was so jacked. And uh, yeah, and I was I was excited for his partner Chris Wilkins, who had a, a serious injury a couple of years ago, and good okay. to see him playing golf again. So they bet they beat out three other teams in the tournament division, and then in the senior division, you know these fellows, Mr. Eddie Hargett and Brad yep. Crapful. Yeah, shot a little one under par sixty nine for that victory. Good for them. Yep, and. Uh, in the super senior division, Mr. Robin Alley. Wow, yes. And, and drum roll, please, Gus Sylvan. Wow. He was actually happy after he won, too. Gus Gus is a happy guy. Gus now. is a happy He's guy. happy Gus. I like Gus. Yeah, Gus I do is too. my man. But he, those, those two went out there and shot a five under par 65 on that golf course. Plus, Georgia's playing so good, Gus has to be happy. Yeah, I don't think anything could really go wrong in Georgia. And Gus wouldn't be happy with the Bulldogs <laughs> doing what they're doing right now. Right. So good, good for him. Good for the Bulldogs. Uh, and then we just this past weekend, you know, we, we talked about this fall series event that we're doing for these juniors, uh, kind of trying to help the, the the ones that are just getting started get some tournament experience. We had a, we had an event out at the golf club at Star Fort there in '96. Yeah. Uh, had 41 juniors. Um, played Saturday and Sunday. We teed them off between 10 and 12 o'clock. We were able to get out there, get our stuff done. The the membership could get out there prior to us in place, so it worked out pretty well. Then, then they had their, their members right behind us. But, yeah. uh, man, good to see those kids. I was out there starting on Sunday, and it was good to talk to the parents and the kids, and everybody seemed to be having a good time. And in the boys' division, 13- to 18-year-old, just one division, uh, Dylan Park shot a 74-76. Good. Two-stroke win, 150. Yep. And in the girls' division, Lillian Alexander shot a 81-76, 157 for a two-shot lead win on her part too so congratulations Lillian yep they played good it's like again it's fun we've got one more coming up in December we're going to be at uh the fort at Fort Jackson yep um so we're looking forward to getting another one of those down and, and, and continuing these series we're, we're you know this is the hope is we can grow these things kind of make it a year-round deal we're calling it the fall series now but make it a year-round <laughs> thing spring series summer series yep. fall series winter series like it um so, yeah, we're hoping to grow on that. So. I, I think you will see nothing but growth. Yep, we're, we're looking forward to it. And, and again, we it doesn't stop. As we're doing this recording, we're going to be going to Hartsville this weekend for the Players' Championship. Um, so, French Fry guys, you uh, missed that one. I know you missed that tournament. I unfortunately have a wedding on Saturday. Otherwise, I would come just for the food. Yeah, they do a good job. And trying to get everybody, you know, some of the folks that haven't been there yet, but, you know, French Fry guys show up, sit at their tent, TVs, playing country music. Yeah. It's really not a golf environment when they're around. You got sometimes a, yeah. you got to hush them every once in a while. One one and nine green, yeah, or not? They're yep. a little loud. But uh, they they uh, they're, they're looking forward to a good weekend there. We got a, a big field as usual for that event. Um, we roll right in the day this is coming out, November the twenty second. 
uh, the South Carolina Golf Association is going to be down at the River Golf Club in North Augusta with our Lathrop Cup. Yep. Uh, I think we got 23 teams for that. That that's a that's a that's an interesting event. It's just like our Trescott. It's just a senior version. So you got to be senior, three seniors from a, a club and their pro come and play. And it's aggregate score, so everybody's got to play halfway decent. Right. There's two competitions, the pro am. So you Yep. Yeah. And then the the what the Lathrop Cup though. The Lathrop Cup. Every score counts. Yep. Lathrop Cup's hole. aggregate score of the amateurs. Uh and then to keep the pro interested, like Alan said, we do the pro pro part of it, the pro version of it, and it's that's the two best balls out of the four. So this is the one pro am that the pro plays in. He doesn't have to right. finish. Yeah, he if doesn't. he don't want he to. Doesn't. And he can still count some money. Yep. Um so we go that and then the Wednesday prior to Thanksgiving, we've got our Thanksgiving Eve one day. We're doing – we had to split it up. Again, so Did much you? participation. We've got 100 boys going to be at Columbia Country Club that day. Wow. Yep. And we've got just over 30 girls going to be at Wildwood the same day. Man, that's awesome. That's really good. Numbers are great. Kids are playing. The game's booming right now. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to do everything we can to give these kids the opportunity to, to go out there and play and get that experience. So Thanksgiving Eve, Junior – and then we come back the next week, uh, two weeks later, we got the 40-plus finale at Kalawasi, uh, December the 5th and 6th. So excited to get down there, get that one done. Everybody has a good job at Kalawasi, has a good time at Kalawasi. I know yeah. Billy Bagwell does a great job for us down there on that golf course. Just as, as we talked about a moment ago, elected yesterday as our new president of the Carolinas GCSA. What a great honor for him. He's a, yeah. He'd be a good model for that group and organization. I know he he, he, he loves that crowd and, and that and he'll do a great job. He will. Billy's a good guy. Billy the kid. Look, if Billy you see, if kid. you're down there playing that 40 plus, he's a, he looks very, very young. I'm telling you folks, and if you play, you wouldn't imagine this guy could put a, put the product out he does, but it's been, and he's done it for years and years that I've been going there. And he actually, <laughs> he has to manage the entire island. That's what I understand. So yeah. he, he does the whole from the gates on in. That's Correct. his, right? Yeah. That's incredible. It's a big task. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, not golf-related, before we move on to our episode today, is uh, our, our oyster roast that we've got coming yeah. up with the foundation. We're we're excited. We did our first one last year. Um, had some weather issues. The highest number of COVID cases at that particular day had come out. Uh, but we're going to do it again. We're going to be at the Junction 800 in the Vista. Uh, it's from 6 to 9. It's a junior golf foundation event. Uh, we're trying to raise some money for junior golf. There's going to be live auction. There's going to be, obviously, oysters, since it's an oyster roast. Um, Southern Way is going to do it for us. Yeah. Uh, it's just a great night, man. It's a good environment, good atmosphere. I know you came last year. We had I a good did. time. I did. My wife's already made, I think, plans with your wife to go again this year. Watch so. out. That could get yeah. ugly. That, that never usually turns out well, but it's, uh, it's it'll be fun. Very fun. Uh, Southern Way is going to be out there catering again. You know, Jimmy Stevenson and their crew, they, they do such a great job I love for their us. food, yeah. They do. That's one of the reasons I go is just for his food. So yes. If you get a chance, go to the SCJGF website. It's scjgf.org uh, under events, and there's the Oyster Roast. Uh, tickets are available. Sponsorship's still available. Or just call our office. Joe Quick can help you with whatever you need, 803-732-9311. Um, but anyhow, we'd, we'd love to see you there. We, we hope to have a good crowd and, and, and see a good good group show up. Yep, it is a good time, and you won't be sorry. I nope, promise you you won't that. be sorry. And uh, speaking of not being sorry, if, if you're listening right now, you're getting ready to hear something wonderful with Mr. Norman Flynn. Man, it, I'm looking at – we're in the Hall of Fame room, as Biff said, and uh, looking at the all the photos of your Hall of Fame members. Yeah. This is an OG yep. Hall of Fame. He's on the left side of the room. Yeah, you know he's old school. Is uh, he, and he deserves every bit of it. He, you know, Norman's 
82 years old yeah. now. If I was that spry. Fit as a fiddle. I'm telling you. Plays golf three times a week. Yeah. No errs or ums when it comes to recalling names or events. No, That's no. what got me. I can't remember yesterday. <laughs> he is uh, He's a great guy. And I guess might as well tell everybody happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody has a great turkey day. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you here soon. In December. There you go. Norman Flynn, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a good one, I know. I can't wait. I've been waiting for this for a long time, Mr. Flynn. I know we've been trying to get it set up. Well, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I've seen uh, three or four of them, I guess. It's uh, you know, it's it's good for me because I mean I, I know with my junior career where I started a long time ago, Country Club of Lexington. I was going out there, I guess in. 1984-85, and, and you were you were still there, and that was my first experience with Mr. Flynn and the old Country Club of Lexington where you, you drank water out the hose on the back porch and you <laughs> got a hamburger from the pool area. I mean, it was, uh, it was old school. That, that was really the good times of the old junior tournament there. When happened, I would go out on Sunday afternoon, it would be 100 degrees marking that golf course, and then it would <laughs> rain like heck, and it <laughs> Some things don't change. It seems like every time we do something at Lexington, we get a flood or a rain. That's exactly right. It comes out of the west, and, and you just hope it'll split and go to Lake Murray, but it always, for a tournament, comes right over us. Comes right over the top of us. You, yeah. you were there for how long, Norman? 35 years. 35 years. Golly, bomb. That's From, it. Uh, 66 to 01. 66 to 01, and then... You still you still play out there a little bit on oh, the regular, yeah, don't you? yeah, yeah. I'm the pro emeritus. They gave me that and an honorary membership at the club for Jan and I. And uh, Jan doesn't play too much anymore, but uh, she started out. I got She played the tour for two, three years there and got tired of going to that airport every Monday morning. So <laughs> right now she's not playing any. But uh, I play. I got a group I've been playing with for probably 25, 30 years on Thursdays, and we go somewhere different places right and that's still some of the old crowd with uh vic hannon and some oh of that yeah crowd. i played with vic and stringer and them over there but we all got ailments now where we're trying <laughs> to get four we used to have 10 12 and now it's hard to get a foursome that's great you used to come out to columbia country club and i worked there with tony the big tall guy tony evans tony evans and tony buckley moved and- to atlanta and he died about three four years ago he was a golf professional correct yes and then we had Clarence Moore, who won the uh, what he won the Senior Open, the yep. Senior Amateur. Yep. He he played with us a lot. Charlie played. Poor Charlie. I remember one day we played it at Windermere, and he had parked his car. He lives right across the street. In fact, Charlie Charlie's wife still lives over there, yep. and he had parked his car somewhere, but he had driven another car. And he lost that car, and we couldn't find it. He said, I know I parked it right here, and it was this car. Well, that car was parked there that he came in, but he thought he came in the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Poor Charlie. Poor he, Charlie. He used to hit golf balls until probably the day he died he practicing. Had, he had one of the best golf swings. When I first came to Carolina, I mean – this is how lucky I've been in the golf business. I had Charlie Prentice, Mike Sereno, Bobby Howard, Melvin Hemphill. Wow. All, any help you need, let me know. Now, how'd you like to have that when you first come into school and 
you got four quality golf professionals telling you that it's great. Well, to that point there, Norman, let's start. Let's kind of start at the beginning because you've been around for a long time, and I'll, a lot of people didn't know, or don't know that you when you're you, you went to University of South Carolina, played I, golf. I got a golf scholarship in 1960. Uh, 59, really. I had to wait out a semester. I had a half scholarship to Furman, but my family couldn't afford the, the other half. Right. Growing up on the Mill Hill in Chester, we didn't have much. So, And I had a half to Wake Forest, but I didn't have enough to pay the other half. So I had to wait. The golf coach at Carolina was uh, one of the football coaches, which is always what it is, basketball. And he said, if you'll wait till January, I got a player that I'm pretty sure is going to flunk out. I won't <laughs> tell you who that was, but it worked. It worked. <laughs> and in January, Joe McCarley, who had played at Carolina earlier, Matt's father, yep. he drove to Chester, picked me up, brought me to Carolina, and there again, another person when I needed somebody there, uh, Joe was there, and Brought me to Carolina, got me matriculated, and, of course, freshmen couldn't play, but I went to all the matches with them that year. Well, you had a pretty good career as a collegiate player, didn't you? I mean, with I saw you intercollegiate champion in 61? At, at Hampton. Yep. Hampton always comes this, up. Let me tell you this story. I'm telling you. The first the year I won it was the sophomore year, I think, and it, and it played pretty good every year. But we drove up in the parking lot, the first day for a practice round, and this little skinny-legged boy wearing shorts shorts came out. Mr. Flynn, I'm going to be your caddy this week. I said, what's your name? Hap Lathrop is my name. Wow. I said, well, how did you choose Carolina? He said, well, some of our friends said y'all wore foot joy shoes and alligator shoes, and we knew y'all had fun. <laughs> so he led me around Hampton in a practice round. I was Took wedge out on one of those little holes, and I was flipping. He said, "You know, some of these holes you're gonna have to land that wedge shorter to green, yep. so it'll bounce up." I think he did a lot of putting around there when he uh, played Hampton. Oh yeah, heck, he led me around. I think he was 14 <laughs> years old. That's about right. And he did. We enjoyed. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed telling the story about. That's cool. They uh so you 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 did that you had you had uh you were you know been low amateur at the, at the South Carolina Open a couple of years in your college time and invitation to the NCAA championship as an individual yes the team didn't get one that year and I didn't go I, I have to tell you that story Melvin had told me a year before that he said uh, I'll get you on the tour you're you're advancing well I want you to try it he said but when you get your degree he said i'll make sure we get you on the tour i'll get you some exemptions so in april when we started the god thing i said well if if uh we'll probably be through after the acc tournament and then i get this coach telling me he said you got an invite to the ncaa which was in june 12 15 and i had promised melvin i would go work for him june the first so I said, I cannot turn down going to work for Melvin Hemphill to go to, by myself. If my team had gone, I would have gone. 
But I turned that down, went to work for Melvin, and I regret it. I really do. I wish I had played right. in the NCAA tournament. And, and Melvin was the head professional of Forest Lake right here in Columbia, right. correct? Yeah, he was the left-handed, one of the finest men you ever want to meet. I've heard his. I've heard a lot about him. Right. Uh, his family. Did he have some other family? Kathy, Ka- maybe. Catherine was his sister, and she won the Curtis Cup, and she she won okay. every amateur. Real, real good player. I, I met her later uh, as she was getting older out there, but she she was one of the best players in the country at the time. And did Melvin get you on that PGA tour? Well, that's another story. Melvin, I, after I finished uh, playing the ACC tournament, I came back and started to work for him, told him I'd given up the And I said, I'll be ready to go. When we're going to start? He said, you remember what I told you? I said, what? He said, I said, when you got your degree. Huh. And I didn't have it. He said, now you got six months to get, I mean, you got three months of summer school. And when you get that degree, we'll go. Man. And in January, when I got my degree, he got me exemptions to the Zaya and the old GGO. And how the old. So he kept his word. And how did those events go for you? Oh, it was. I never probably would have graduated. Huh. I was going to play somewhere. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I see on here your best finish. You finished tied for 25th in Houston, Texas. Well, you know, back then I tell people 70 made the cut. 70 people made the cut. There wasn't any money on the tour right. at that time. But only 30 got paid. Ah. Oh, wow. 70 made the cut, 30 got paid. The set, making the cut meant you didn't have to qualify next Monday. So I was making all the cuts. No, I mean, no problem. I'm making cuts. and But I'm finishing 35th, 40th, and I'm playing a lot, getting a lot of experience because I'm playing a lot of practice rounds with Tommy Aaron and uh, uh, Bruce, uh, what was the, Bert Yancey and uh, Jack Rule and Tony Evans and I, a lot of good players there. And I'm trying to, to think, I can't make it out here if, if I got to be a top 20 player. I don't think I can ever be a top 20 player. And I kept on and on and on. And finally, I tell you, I got to – when I Houston was the third tournament I played in. And when I made that check for $525, I said, Hey, you going to do it. This ain't going to make it. <laughs> PGA so, Tour is a little different way back then than oh, it is nowadays, yeah. obviously. Well, the Greater Greensboro, total purse was 50000 Wow. Wow. <laughs> you, that's an appearance fee. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. So you, you, you did that for a little bit. I guess you realized you gotta, we got to do something different. But you want to still stay in the industry, right? Yeah, I did. I had some goals when I was 14, 15 years old. I wanted a golf scholarship. I wanted to be a PGA professional, play the tour, and I wanted to have my own club job. And my fourth one was I'd like to build or have my own golf course. And I got most of it the way. But when I, in September, when I played the Insurance City Open in Hartford, I shot 141 and missed the cut. And we were sitting in the room having a beer with Tommy and, and Bert, uh, Bert Yancey. And I said, boys, I'm gone. And Tommy said, man, you hadn't even played a full year. I said, but I know who I can beat and who I can't beat. <laughs> and I got no business out here. I'm not a top ten player, 
and you can't make me money unless you are. Now, so from there, is that kind of what led, I guess that led back to Forest Lake for a little bit and then the Lexington job? Yep. I came back to, I came home and here's another person. I had met Reg Heinish and Bobby, Bob Boyd, not Bob Boyd, uh, the real estate man in Columbia. They had bought Lake Toxaway Country Club in Lake Toxaway, North Carolina, and they hadn't opened it yet. And they said, how about go up there and open that for us in April and do it through the summer and maybe something will come open between then. And while I'm up there, I met another person just all of a sudden. These people look around and I'm there. And this guy owned a par 60 course in Delray Beach. He said, come down and teach for us this winter. He said, I'll put you in a condo, won't cost you anything. So I went down and spent that winter teaching there and then come April, all of a sudden, out of the clear blue sky, this guy from Porter Brothers in Shelby, who sells mowers and everything to the green superintendents, Jack Hendricks and Harry Height, and then we're getting ready to start Lexington. And they said, we're going to need to hire a golf pro. So he calls me in Florida and says, are you interested? They want you to come back to Lexington and start this new club. I said, am I ready? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I, I looked at the coaches at Carolina, and I said, we got Paul Dietzel and Frank McGuire. We're going to win the national championship in two sports. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I based my – so I'm back at Lexington now and starting, and uh, that's how I got to Lexington. Were you there when they literally were growing it in? I mean, were you there during I the grew process? It in. You grew it in. I planted the grass. Really? Uh, I signed on with them, and I left Florida in April, and I signed with them May the 15th and planted the grass right after that. I'll be dog. Did you, did you meet with Ed Riccoboni, or was he gone by Ed then? Riccoboni, was a, he was the architect, and a, a guy named Mr. Scurry from Saluda, he built the course. Okay. And Jack and them had borrowed the money from the FHA. That's the time they were building FHA courses. Uh, I didn't know they ever did FHA courses. Oh, yeah. That was when Lyndon Johnson was president, and he wanted to get some rural votes. And these uh, these FHA courses, they, they were Farmers Home Administration, and yep. they would loan you the money at the lowest <laughs> interest rate and didn't care whether you paid it back or not. Wow. And that's Ponderosa had just opened their course up there. So I would come from Chester, and I'd come down here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and get the two people working, and we planted the grass, got the water and everything. Uh, we didn't even have water. We had to drag hoses? No, we had the pipes, and we would do 200 yards at a time and have to pick up the pipe, do another 200 Oh, wow. Yards. Man. Now, that's how the Country <laughs> Club of Lexington got started. And uh, we... We opened, we planted the grass in, uh, let's see, we planted the grass in June or latter May, and we opened in November. Man, that's pretty solid right all there. Eight, all and 18 holes? All No, we opened everything on 
this side of the creek because we didn't have bridges to get to the other <laughs> oh, side. Oh, wow. Really? That's, That's I didn't even thought about that. The second, then the back. Now, we played the first six holes. You know the first yes, six. Yes, sir. All right, we cut through the cart shed and go over and play number nine as a par three. That was the seventh hole. Then we played number 10, and then we went over to 18 Fairway at the top of the hill there and played as a par four. That was our nine holes. We had a – I don't know if we had the club championship. We might have. Mr. Roundtree won the first club championship, and I, it might have been a nine-hole club championship. I'll be done. At nine holes each day. How long did it take to get to the other side of the creek? Well, the next year, here again, we had a guy that was a member at Forest Lake that owned Midlands Construction Company. I had given him lessons somewhere at Forest Lake, or in, and he joined the club because he liked the atmosphere out in the in the Lexington area. So he joined, and he had that, and he he came in. He said, "I'm going to put some bridges in here to the last lifetime," and he put concrete bridges that oh, are wow. there now. Yep. Yep. Really? And didn't charge the club a nickel. Is that right? Mr. Jim Fiegel. That's a cool story. Man, Norman, I'm sitting here thinking about back in the day, and what, there couldn't have been a whole heck of a lot around that golf course out there. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't nothing out there, it was, was it? The original site of that golf course was supposed to be up on Counts Ferry Road on Lake Murray. But the price, uh, Mr. Hendricks, Jack, said that it was a little too expensive and they came down and Mr. Roof owned that property out there, so that's what they decided on out there. I'll be darned. Boy, how that area has grown up towards oh, it now. God. That's incredible. Um, it is unreal how that's grown. But uh, when you think about, see, we had to have, in order to get the FHA loan, we had to get 100 members at a $100 initiation fee. And they were fighting. We was scraped. And the thing about it, we could not go into West Columbia because the rules with FHA said you had to have, be rural farm people was the only ones could join. An incorporated area over 15,000, could no, they couldn't be a member. I'll be darned. That's very interesting. And we were going against Batesburg. And Lexington Batesburg's always had a few yep. football and everything. The Ponda. And they were yep. saying, man, if they can have a golf course, we got to have a golf course. They opened in 65, we opened in 66. So that's mm-hmm. how the Ponda, we're talking about Ponderosa down mm-hmm. there in Batesburg, Leesville. That's, that, was, that was one of the first FHA. There, there's two or three over in the uh, Florence and Timmonsville area over there. Wow. I think the one at Oak Hill was an FHA course where Ray Scott used to be right. the left-handed pro. I don't know if it's still open or not. Man. That's incredible. Well, you you brought some. I know. I know. Talking to Charlie Roundtree about this thing, we, he mentioned you know what how they ended up in Lexington, and it was basically following you is what 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 the story Mr. Roundtree told Charlie Roundtree the third told us. Oh yeah, CR three. Charlie told me that he said that was. I think his dad was being transferred. Yep. And they were going to join Forest Lake or Spring Valley. Yep. And they. Because Norman Flynn is a young hot shot pro out there at the Country Club of Lexington, oh. what, what, what I think the words were. Oh, Lord, i tell you what. I had so much fun with Charles growing up. Tell me a little bit about young Charlie Roundtree. I'd love to hear some, some things. Well, he was as good a player, as good a swinger at his age. He won the club championship at 15. Okay, for the men's I club mean, championship. I mean, some pretty good players at the time. And – 
<clears throat> they didn't, wasn't sure they were going to let juniors play, but it, they finally got it. I said, how is the juniors going to uh, develop if you don't let them play in the club competition? So, And he played in one. But he was, uh, I guess, funniest. Ever. We had a, a club softball team because we had a softball field right. And just to have some fun with it, we had the guys get beer coolers, go at night, we'd practice, and we got in the league. Charlie was a left-handed shortstop. Okay. I can play it. I said, Charlie, I never heard of a left-handed. <laughs> How you going to go in the hole? I'll get it done. I'll get it. <laughs> and he did. He did it. It's, he easy. Did. it's easy, Bo. Uh. Yeah, he was, he, he was uh, I tell you, maybe if, Charlie hadn't pushed him so much. Maybe he would have been. I mean, he could play. Right. Um, and he was just, he was loose enough and uh, just didn't, the pressure didn't bother him. He's a laid back guy He was a, a perfectionist. He wanted every shot to be perfect. Right, right. I can see that. Well, Norman, you, you got the Country Club of Lexington started and you got the head position at Lexington now, but your playing career didn't really stop. I know it wasn't the PGA Tour, but you went on and you, you – you showed yourself on some a lot of different areas as far as some championships and uh, yeah, you even you, you won the South Carolina Open in '67. Um, yeah, you you won the, the the you played in the first Heritage Golf Classic at Hilton Head. Yeah, 1969. That was a that was quite an honor. I'd won the South Carolina Open. That's the reason I got that got the exemption and the exemption into that and. If you remember, it was held in November. Okay. Yeah. And it was a day just like the day, and it was raining. Cold and rainy. Man, I'm telling And there wasn't any place. We had to stay out in uh, what's in Hardyville out there. All right. Because oh, there was really? only two places to stay. Man. And, man, I tell you what, it was so cold, so <laughs> wet. And, uh, you know, I'd played in some tournaments on the tour, but to play in the first Heritage – and the the people that were down, Mr. Roundtree and Charles, they were the first ones following me all day long. That's that awesome. Weather. Do you remember who you played with? I played with one boy from the University of Tech, Billy Lively, or Lil, I can't remember. But I got some members that go down there and play, and they say the scorecard or the starting time sheet is in the locker room. As you go into the locker room, it's up on the wall. From the first one, and From you're on that. From the very first one. That's cool. Have you not been back to see that big clubhouse they have now? No, I haven't. I, so I've been, played there a lot, and I haven't been back since I did that. But I want to go back and see that uh, because I still got the little the little uh, contestants bag they got. They yeah. gave us a little lint picker. It's got the uh, First Heritage, 1969. That's cool. And what made that tournament was Palmer. Palmer yes. If anybody else had won that tournament, I don't know if it would ever. Right. Because when they changed it, to uh, Palmer won the first one four under par, and it just set the world on fire because it was. That's Palmer. Yep. That's what Palmer did. Well, you went on, you, you won the Carolinas Open in 1970? That was out at Sedgwood. Yeah, I had a playoff Sedgwood. with Bill Harvey, the best. He was the best, number one ranked amateur in the South. And uh, I I don't know how I won it. I, I, but the, the nerves were shot when I got off the tour. <laughs> I told Melvin, I said, they took my game right away from me. Now, we probably can't air them all on, on this particular program, but there's a lot of stories out of Sedgwood, isn't there? 
Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's no longer there. That's between uh, uh, Columbia uh, and Sumter now. But I think it's a strawberry farm, the last I saw. It, it is now, yeah. And I'll tell you what, that – that was such a good place to play golf. It was a gathering, and people said it was a gambling joint, but those people love to gamble. Yep. Five, ten dollars, that's they do that at every club. But that got recognized because so many people, gamblers, came into town to try to beat Bobby Howard. They knew Bobby had gamble, and they just wanted to see if they could beat him. And he beat – for his money, he was a match player. He could He could play. Have you ever played where you were nervous about the money on the line? Like, man. Well, I never had any money, so it didn't make any difference. Right. I, I never did gamble. That. I played the five ten dollars matches okay. and 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 play. You know the the uh, drawing ABC partners like that. But as far as gambling, I played some gambling through the Carolinas with people. I never gambled with Bill Harvey, and he was the best player that. Is that Scott Harvey's uh, dad, I'm yeah. assuming? Bill Harvey from Greensboro. Yeah, I would think his son. So. Somewhere in there. His, the his uh, son uh, got invited to the Masters. He finished top four yeah. in the, in the uh, USM. Yeah. yeah but that, I was in a playoff with Bill and beat him on the second or third hole. Third hole. Se- no, second, because I didn't want to go to that water hole next <laughs> hole. <laughs> But I shot some – I'll tell you, we was coming up the 18th hole, and I was playing with Joe Enman, the good uh, amateur from Wake Forest, and later played the tour. And Harvey was already in the clubhouse at 8-under, I think. I had to birdie the last hole at Sedgwood to get in playoff, and I'm playing with uh, with Joe, and, and I'm, I drove it real good off the 18th hill, up that hill. And I'm standing there, and I said, is it three iron or four iron? And Joe came by. He said, man, hit the four. You jacked up. You don't want to go over that green. <laughs> I hit the four about 12, 15 feet and shook it down there for a tie. Nice. So if Joe hadn't been there, I might have hit the three and been off the back. plan on missing it a little bit. <laughs> wow. You got you got involved pretty heavily with the section, the Carolina section and the South Carolina chapter of the PGA, and, and kind of a, a lead person in, in that in that area. Um, I know uh, that they were important to you and what you did, and you were a big part of part of what happened with the Carolina section throughout those years too, the seventies and eighties particularly. Yeah, Bobby Howard had had uh, been elected president of the PGA, and we hadn't had a. I'm talking about we, South Carolina, hadn't had a president in probably 25 years. And we finally broke that and got Bobby in, and then he got me involved. And he wanted me to be tournament chairman, and and, uh, I got the tournament chairman job, and then I was elected president in 78, I think. Wow. And we got to section. uh, We had half people in South Carolina wanted – their own section, and other half wanted to stay with the Carolinas because it was the biggest section in the PGA, and they didn't want to break it up. Well, I didn't want to break it up either, even though I figured we were too small a state to have a section because there were so many dual states with their section. I mean, you had uh, split sections, Dixie section in Florida, upper and lower Florida, so... I guess those those two years, I, I kind of more got 
kept it together. Everybody in the same bracket. But Bobby Howard probably did more than anybody. And Bobby was preceded you. Is that correct? No, Bobby was president, and I, there was two more presidents in between okay. me. Because you went, I think you went. You said seventy-seven, seventy-eight, somewhere in there, and then, uh, then you got you got nineteen eighty. You got golf professional of the year. Yeah, in South Carolina in '81, golf professional of the Carolinas PGA, the whole the, the both set, both states. Yeah, well, the first one we were a chapter, yeah. and I helped organize that chapter, and I was the first chapter president, and that's why I was uh, pro of the year. And then the Carolinas was uh, that must have been what four or five years, four years later. Right, 86. Um, no, 80, 81. So 81 was Carolina's player of the year. I mean, yeah, golf professional of the year, CPGA. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the big things you did was you brought the South Carolina Golf Association's junior championship to Lexington or a big part of getting it to Lexington. Mr. Roundtree came to me, I think it was 73, 4, somewhere along there. Is it on there? Uh, we're looking at the uh, – as far as the junior championship is on here, I would find it. It's, Mr. Roundtree came to me. He said, I'd like – well, it had been being at Orangeburg or – Right. Well, he been came from Walterboro, didn't he? Yes, sir. All right. He, he came to me and he said, I'd like to get the junior championship up here. And I said, well, how about Orangeburg? We don't want to encroach on something they've been having. He said, well, he was on the board, and they were cha- they, Orangeburg was thinking of changing it or getting out of it. And I said, well, Charlie, we might ought to wait another year because our course was rough. I mean, it was rough first couple of years. So we opened in 66. That would, he came about 71 or yep, two. And 71. by 73, he said, if we're going to do it, we better do it now or somebody else is going to get it. So I said, well, let's do it. And it was there for 28 years, I believe, in a row. As far as uh, it was there a long time. Long time. I know a lot of a lot of stories. A lot of a lot of the guys that are in the business now. A lot of my friends. A lot of guys that came in behind us were all came through Lexington to play the Junior Championship. If you think about that Wall of Fame right there, all those young men did too. Right. You know. I mean, it was Lucas a, Glovers, Bill Haas, Jonathan Birds. It was a big part. I know when we were talking, uh, we the unfortunate passing of Mr. Siebel here recently, and. Uh, you know, every story that came up with Mr. Siebel, most of them involved Country Club of Lexington somewhere in there, somewhere in the in the in the field of, of what we were doing, and him bringing all those kids in there, and those hot those hot June days. <laughs> yeah, the storms. Yeah, he would load that wagon up and bring a van full. I mean, he would stop that thing, and they would just keep coming out of there. <laughs> I think we did. I was kind of pulling up the records here. It looks like we were at the Country Club of Lexington consecutively from 1972 until 1998. And I think in 99, did Lexington do – is that when they did the golf course, redo the golf course a little bit in 99? That would have been 20, yep, 22 years when, ago. Yeah, when we put the redid – Kenny did the redo. Yep, and then we went to mid-Carolina for a year, but then we were back at Lexington. And then we started a process where we started moving it around – and now every five years we go to Lexington. Yeah, that's um, right. And it happens to be every five years there's a hundred year storm in Lexington when we yeah, come through. Yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, Lexington's been a long time piece of our history for, for for obvious reasons for years. Did did you start the Pete's Festival Pro Am? 
Yep, in 67, now, I that, think it was. That's the longest-running pro-am in the state at this point, isn't it? It's the longest-running one in the two Carolinas. Yeah. And, you know, this summer, I'm sure you're aware, but this summer they moved over, you know, the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation is the beneficiary of the of the Peach Festival now. Nice. So it's that, uh, that, that's great. Too. been a big part. It was very important to us, and I know Joe Quick with the foundation was, was that, tried to help as much as we could, and was very, very appreciative. That was really a good thing, and I'm glad that happened. That yeah. was fantastic when we first started it uh mr boozer had the gilbert peach festival and they had the peach queen and she would come out there and we'd have some photos of her and uh, we we named it the lexington peach we had the peach daiquiris and that was, that's that's around from the beginning oh yeah yeah you can't play that and not get one that, that's <laughs> right and and the girls the members of the club the uh, my wife helped a lot, and uh, uh, the, they would do all the squeezing of the peaches and everything. Wow, them man. Up. And they were good. They but are good. You had to watch it. If you played in the morning round <laughs> and got started, <laughs> you could be there a while. Uh, that's good. That was, uh, was uh, still going on today. I mean, it's strong. Yeah, I remember. you got to be proud of that. The first one. The course was so rough because we didn't have any money to to improve it with. Really, I mean, we just had to do what, and we didn't have but a hundred and something members. And uh, I remember Charlie Prentice came over to the first Peach Festival. He said, "Norman, you, you ought not have any trouble taking care of this golf course. You can cut fairways and the greens and the tees with the bush on." <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> And boy, the members at Lexington standing out on the porch, where we were, they didn't like, they didn't know Charlie. He just yeah, kidding, right? But uh, <laughs> it was it was rough. But uh, you know, I never, I had to turn pros away from that pro am. The second year we had it, I think it was about twenty eight. Second and third year it was forty, forty five, fifty. I had to cut back on it. You made it fun. Just the atmosphere, yeah. wasn't just the golf. Yep, that's right. Exactly. The members loved it. Yep. They just couldn't wait to play in the peach. Well, I tell you, it brought me out of retirement. I played in August this past one, this past August. And if, it, if, you, if you can get me to play in it, it must be fun. I think <laughs> this is the first time I haven't played in years. I'm a little mad about it. <laughs> it was good. Kudos. Kudos for that. And kudos for them to keep it going live. It's hard. It's not easy to keep something going that long. No. Especially through the years around the '08, and there when it was hard to get sponsors, and uh, and the pros, you got to have it on. We started on Wednesday because when the club opened, all the business people in town closed at twelve o'clock and played golf. So we got to have it on Wednesday. I can't get off on Monday. So <laughs> let me. And ask the pros had a hard time getting off on Wednesday because they only got Monday off. Right. Florence Country Club Pro-Am. Did you ever play in that one? Where? Florence Country oh, Club. Oh, yeah. That was great, a good one back great, then. Great, great one. That was a two-day deal. Who's that deal. guy that does that one? Uh, Steve Bear does it. Steve. No, Bear, I know. but oh, Herbert Ames? Yeah, Her Herbert. Yeah, yeah, he's passed away now. But I even, uh, after, when I turned 55, I think, they invite two senior pros a year to play in it, or they did then. And they invited me and Buck Adams one year, and I went over and played in it. That was – as a young cart guy in the mid-'90s, I enjoyed That was a pretty big event back then. Oh, yeah. It was one of the best. One year, Steve Bear, they paid the pros to come. 
and I, I got to walk around and hand out the envelopes one yeah, night nice. at dinner. I felt like, you know. That's, yeah. that's the good part. That's probably the most money I'd ever had in my pocket <laughs> at that time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, you, you, you've seen a lot come around Country Club of Lexington, Norman. I mean, when y'all, as far as, I know when you first opened up, obviously it was golf course and what have you, but then pool ended up going in and, and kind of the family atmosphere a little bit out there too. I mean, that was, was that all under your watch? I mean, were you the? Were you the no. When I left, just when I left in 01, 35, that's when I bought in with Bobby and the course up in the mountains. We had, uh, that's when Kenny did the redo, okay. the greens. Now, all of that, and, and that's when we built the clubhouse. They finally got enough money saved back to do that. No, that was that. The redo, I was still there. Now, you well, keep saying Kenny. Ken. Tomlinson. Tomlinson, yes. Yeah. yeah. And they wanted me to stay until the redo was over. And I did. I got the picture of uh, when we were doing that, of, of they had in the paper. And that was about the same time Camden was doing theirs. Right. So did you think you'd ever see where it is today, as popular and as busy as that club is? No, no. I never thought this club would be over 300, 350 members. Well, we got to 500 Yeah. when I was there and had to cut it back. Wow. And now they're up, I don't know what, they must have 550, 600. I heard they're at 600 right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, when and, you talked earlier about your tea time with your groups, I was thinking you're lucky to get that tea time. Yeah. You know. Oh, it's oh and Norman's walking on. He's going oh, to get I know. a tea Norman's going to get a tea time, no <laughs> doubt about that. But. Well, Danny Coon I play with and uh, Steve Cease and uh, Robert Renfro every Thursday. And Danny is in charge of getting the tea time. And when we get through playing on one Thursday, he gets tea time for the next Thursday. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's great. Well, I'm glad you're still playing and getting out there. And, I mean, you look great. How old you say you are now, Norman? 82. 82 years old. And I, I don't feel – I don't know how you're supposed to feel at 82. but You don't look it either. I, I, I don't feel – uh, I can see the last three or four years, it's a little different, but not that much. Well, and I kind of know the crowd you've run with for the last 40, 50 years, so oh, you really e- done good. Exactly. And <laughs> My father them, being one of them. Some of them ran out early. <laughs> sure did. Sure did. You and, uh, you and Dad had a lot of, lot of trips and experiences together, I know. Oh, God, yeah. I, I remember he was asking me about going to work for the SCGA when he was he was selling uh, construction. Yeah, and he was living in Aiken. Aiken in North what? Augusta, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he came in I got us offer. Uh, tell me what you th- what you think I ought to do. And I said, "Man, everything I've known is get you a yellow pad and draw a line down the middle of it, put the pluses one side, the minuses other. Yeah. He came back. He said, I got to take the chance. I said, it won't be a chance. I think you'll love it. I think you love golf. You'll love this. And I think there's something you can grow with. Yeah. I said, it's just like I did at Lexington. I mean, I, I had to grow with them. They had to grow with me. They chose me, and I chose them. Well. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you gave me a little bit of guidance there because it's, it's, it's made a difference to the it world is, of golf and, and our family and everything else. It's uh, what he did with that, with what he had to go against. Not that the CGA is a bad or, but going against them sure. in a a nice competitive way to try to promote golf in South Carolina. 
people don't know how tough a job he had. He he did. I fat I was talking to uh I was talking to Mr. Ford at one time and he uh, Frank Ford and he he kind of was the 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 opposite of dad in the South Carolina area for the CGA and I mean it was a it was a little bit of a rivalry then. Now we're all friends and we're partners and we're working together to do everything we can for the game. Yeah. So it's uh we're, it, it's all it's all amazingly so far in the past, but yeah, he he had his he had it up in front of him. Yeah, it, it was at at the time and you you having your own personal problems at the time and and you have to look at money and how to put money aside if you were in love with something doing something. I I remember Melvin telling me when when I took the job at Lexington, and I had had two or three other offers but never even thought about them. And Melvin said, I don't know about you going over there to those peach farmers. They're never going to pay you anything. <laughs> so uh. after I was there, after I won the South Carolina Open in 67, I had numerous good job offers. But every time I'd sit down and talk with a club, I would think I, lo- I still love to play. These people at Lexington, when I won the South Carolina Open, I mean – they said play anywhere you want to play anytime you want so i did and and every time i would get an offer i would i would look at i said i'm not going to be able to play as much over there as i am here right i'm gonna make a little more money maybe but what's good is money if you if you don't have time to spend it so i always went back i'd come back to lexington never did tell it anybody too many people who they were or what but one club offered me a job three times I said I'm not going so I stayed where I was and was so happy I mean those people treated me really really good yeah I mean I had a wonderful time of 35 years there you had a you had an ass, assistant with you for a long time that we just unfortunately lost Mr. Will Branham and, and what, a, what, a, what a what a what a gentleman he was he was with me 17 and then worth with the club 17 or 18 more. Yeah. Great guy. Really good guy. Just calm as he could be, but you never know he was around, but he did everything the right way. He was my first memory. Him and uh, Liz used to work for you out Liz. there. I think Liz is maybe works. Last time I saw her, she was working over at Dick's off of Harvison Boulevard, but I remember her, him and Liz all the time. Yeah, she's uh, – Oh boy, Liz was really good too. She she loved it. She went to she got her uh, apprentice membership in the PGA. Yeah, that's right. And uh, she was a asset to the club also. We didn't have the staff they got out there now. No, they got them a staff now. Yeah, <laughs> they got a lot of folks. Tell me, I get the pleasure of working with Bobby Foster every year at the City Golf Tournament, mm-hmm. and I don't think it, Bobby and I have a conversation without your your name or Melvin Hemphill's name coming up. I promise you, it it can't happen. Tell me a little bit about Bobby, young Bobby. Well, Bobby was when I my my senior year at Carolina playing and working that six months for Melvin. Bobby had had won the city golf tournament at fifteen, I think, or fourteen, maybe. Hell of a player. Yeah. And he ends up, uh, oh, he just idolized the Carolina golf team, wanted to be like, and he was following me around all the time. <laughs> How about this? How about this? And he was a perfect. He loved to do yeah. maneuver around the golf swing. Still always does. wanting to change. And his daddy asked me one day, said, 
I'm going to give him 50 cent or dollar or whatever. He said, I want you to, if you beat him, you take that money, don't, and, and make him mad. I want you to make him tough. Well, I made him tough one day. We were playing. <laughs> we started on the backside, and we was playing for a dollar, I remember Dollar side. Well, the backside was starting. He shot 34, and I beat him two up. Wow. And he handed me that dollar like that, and he <laughs> grabbed that little bag. They lived right off the first green, and he grabbed that little bag he was carrying, and he headed down that road. I said, where are you going? I'm not playing golf anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to ever play with you again. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. Sometimes you got to teach them. <laughs> Man, yeah. that was at Forest Lake, correct? But at Forest Lake, yeah. yeah. But he won the city. He beat Demas Jones, who was a good player at that time, one of the top amateurs. And he ended up going to Carolina and coaching there too, didn't he? Well, Bobby ended up. I think he had to drop out of Carolina, or if he ever went, but he maybe he didn't go because he got mono. Okay. And ended up going to Memphis. He and Russell Glover went to Memphis. Huh. Randy had gone to Tennessee, and I, Randy Glover, and I had come to Carolina. Gotcha. Okay. So I think Bobby, when he got mono, he went, he laid out a year, and I'm I might not be right on no, this. You'll he, have to ask Bobby. He definitely he coached there. I, I guess he did. Oh play yeah, there. he coached the Carolina Gotcha. He brought in and some good players. Yeah. He brought Lieberly in, Wadsworth, Heinzelman. Yep. In fact, he gave my. Uh, wife, the first Carolina women's scholarship. Really? When they started the, the women's program over there, Jan was playing volleyball and basketball scholarship at USC Aiken. And Bobby said they've allowed me, they gave me enough money to have a golf team. How about ask Jan, because Jan is, was her, a member of our club at Lexington. I'd been giving her lessons. And uh, he said, I said, I'll talk to her, but she's happy playing volleyball and basketball down there. When I asked her, she said, am I good enough? I said, yeah, you're good enough. I said, Beth Daniels wanted you to come to, to Furman, so yeah. why aren't you good enough? So I had told the golf coach at uh, Furman, I think his name was Miller, we should know. We talked to Beth about it. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, we did talk about it. What was that guy's name? Anyhow, the one where she he called. had already called me, and I forgot about it. And he said, if Jan changes her mind, you make sure Beth said I've got to get Jan Reichert. And, damn, boy, I, I called <laughs> heck from him. <laughs> when he found out Bobby Foster had already signed, I'm telling you, I called it. Oh, boy. Willie Miller. That's Willie it. Miller. Willie, I'm sorry if you listen. That's no, no, that is funny, man. But she went to Carolina and, and won two or three tournaments. She won the Tar Heel tournament, won the Duke tournament. And then we went on the tour with her. I caddied for her. On the, let me tell you the story about caddying for Jan. We got time. Absolutely. It was 84, 85, I guess. And we were out in Tucson, Arizona playing the Conquistador Women's Tournament. So I look up at the sign that says, Homero Blancas, head golf professional. I said, I want to go in there and see Homero. Because <laughs> my senior year at Carolina, I played, I got an invite to the Southern Intercollegiate. The team didn't get one, but I got one. So 
that's when I asked the coach, could I take Jackie with me? Because Jackie, didn't, he said, yeah, we got enough money to take him with. But I go to the Southern Collegiate in the last round. I'm in the last foursome with Homero Blancas. I'm two shots ahead going to the last three holes, and he birdies the last three, beats me. So in 84, I go in there, and I said, Homero, in this pro shop, <laughs> I said, you remember me? He looked at me, he said, and I started to say Norman, he said, yeah, Amigo, I birdied the last three holes on you. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. He remembered. <laughs> Man, that's rough. Yeah. Well, Norman, you have had an incredible career. I, 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 I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that in 1986 you were elected to the South Carolina Golf Association Hall of Fame and in 2000 elected to the Carolinas PGA Hall of Fame. That's uh, it's pretty incredible, man. I mean, that's uh, that, that says a lot in itself right there. Yeah, for somebody coming off the mill hill. <laughs> Boy, that is uh, that's a long way from the mill hill. That's a long way from the mill hill. It's a long way. Yeah, a lot of people were part of uh, my life through those years. and I mean, people who really just took me under their wing. And I don't know where I'd have been without them. Like I said, just every time I turned the corner, there was somebody there to help me. I think that's the most incredible part of the game that we're a part of here is, is how much everybody – helps and takes care of and and works with and i i say it all the time you know at south carolina golf association we have things that we want to do but we we work with the carolinas golf association the women's the cpga the superintendents the course owners i mean it's it's one big group that all works together to make golf what it is in our state particularly and i think why south carolina excels in our in golf yeah i mean i mean just just like every, everything we've talked about today Somebody is always pushing you or pulling you. Yep. Pushing you along or pulling you along. And uh, you get a lot of things that you've done, accomplished, and you think back, well, I do. I like to think who was pushing and pulling. Yeah, oh yeah. So let's end on this note then. What piece of advice would you give a young golfer or a young golf professional or anybody in general, life, life advice? Or young young Norman Flynn. What would you tell him? <laughs> young Norman Flynn. Well, when I was president of the section, I always had to interview the perspective when they was going to get their class A's or going into the final stages. Yep. And I would tell them one thing first. I said, does your wife, if they were married, does your wife know how many hours you're going to be putting in? I said, because marriage can be spoiled real easy. Yeah. Make sure she knows that. And make sure that you don't just take this job, stay in golf, to pull in a parking place that says it's reserved for the head pro. And just because you got your name on a golf bag doesn't mean you got it made. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mr. Flynn, let me tell you what. You've been a big part of my life, and I've, I've known you since, like I said, I was probably 8, 10 years old, and uh you're one of the probably 60 or 70 professionals that tried to teach me how to play golf and maybe maybe that's why i can't play to this day because i had so many but uh you're always there uh you're always there for our family for the country club of lexington um for golf in general and i, I really do appreciate you taking the time to be with us today well, Bill, i appreciate that thank, thank you sir. mr Glenn. thank you <laughs>